This is a recording of the speech on a Friday night. Parshas Teladot. Shabbos. As we've been doing since October 7th, we've been discussing various different issues in relation to the current events, in relation to the Quran. And one of the things that we pointed out back in Parshas Vayera on Shabbos Day was that some of the surahs in the Quran are based upon Midrashim, and it seems that the author of the surah had an understanding of the Midrashim that a child would have, as though the little Midrash says, is all to be taken in literal fashion. I'd like to discuss tonight another issue that comes up in relation to the Muslims' understanding of the Quran and the Hadith as it relates to Muhammad and his marriage to Aisha. For those who haven't heard of Aisha, don't worry, I'm about to tell you. Aisha was the wife of Muhammad, whom he married when she was six years old. He married her when she was six years old, and according to the Hadith, according to the various different Midrashim, uh, to use uh, some sort of a similar way to understand how the scholars in Islam view the Hadith, they say that Muhammad married Aisha when she was six, and they did Nesua when she was nine years old. This is the common understanding of Muhammad's marriage to this woman. For another time, perhaps we'll discuss his marriage to a Jewish woman, the Fatima, but that's not for right now. So Muhammad marries Aisha, who's six, and consummates the marriage, doesn't sue when she's nine. And that didn't really cause any consternation among any Islamic scholars or anybody else for a thousand years. However, in the last few hundred years, it has become a point of contention. It has become a point of consternation among Islamic scholars because it seems that Muhammad was perhaps what we would call today a pedophile. And as a result, many of the... to propound other theories that really, he did the suin when she was 12, she was 15, 16, other ages, but not not nine. <clears throat> to the point that the actual discussion of Muhammad marrying Aisha has now become Mamasha Maimra Musker. It's not clear what, what it means. One of the sources that has been used by Islamic scholars to suggest that there's no issue with Muhammad marrying a six-year-old is our parsha. Is a Rashi in the second pasuk of our parsha. The pasuk tells us, Yitzchak ben Shona, Rivka." Yitzchak was forty years old when he married Rivka. And Rashi explained that Yitzchak was thirty-seven years old at the time of the Akedah, and three years after the Akedah, he married Rivka. What does Rashi assume that Rivka was born after the Akedah? Because if we go back to Parsha Now, obviously, as we know, Terach lived for a very long time. He didn't die then the Parsha's Nayach. He lived until Yisrael was 35 years old. It seems difficult to imagine that Avram 
is finding out now, literally, after the Akeda, about the birth of everybody. Rather, it seems perhaps that the Nias in there is not that found out that the entirety of the of the of the family had grown, that Dachar's family had grown. Rather, what we found out was that Rivka was born. That was the news. The news was that there was a new granddaughter to Nachar, and that granddaughter was potentially a shidduch for him. So therefore, they waited until she was three years old. Like the mission tells us, to need them parakeh mission zal. The mission tells us that baskim will shana be emecha. That's really mitzvah. So therefore, they waited, and they made chasana when Rivka was three. Say Islamic scholars that why Tainin taught that Muhammad married Aisha when she was three years old. Yitzchak Avinu, he married Rivka when she was three years old. So I think on the first point I would like to mention is in relation to the halacha, as it relates practically. As we know, a father is allowed to marry off his daughter, that's a tana. Father is allowed to marry off his daughter until she becomes a bagarat, until she's the age of 12 and a half. A father is allowed to marry off his daughter. That is black letter halacha. However, the Gemara tells us in the beginning of the second paragraph of Kedushan, the Gemara says, that Asr la Adam, the Gemara says the name of Rab, Asr la Adam, she's a, it's a forbidden for a person to marry off his daughter who's a Tana. Asr la Adam la Kajas Tana. It's forbidden for a father to do that. Now, practically, this is brought down in the Rambam, in Elchis Ishis, and the Torah Shokharar, but not in the language of the Gemara. Instead, the language that's used, if you look at the Shulchanar, the Shulchanar says a mitzvah for a father. <clears throat> the Shulchanar can have an answer, Simon Lama Zayin, Shulchanar opens up first halacha by saying that a girl can be married off when she's, you know, three years old, she's Roy for B at that stage, and then later on, in halacha ches, he says mitzvah. That a father should not be mekadesh his daughter kashikatana. It's a it's a positive command that a, a father shouldn't do this, even if he has the power, he shouldn't do it. And if you look there, the Ramah writes that we have a minute that in fact we do marry off the bitos, the the the, the when they are katanas. We do marry off the the daughters when they are when they are katanas. And that uh, is a sort of it's not unheard of at all. To the contrary, it's very common, it's very typical. And uh, and this is the, course, the sort of the normal course of events in our lives, in our time. If you look, and the Aruch HaShokhan, when the Aruch HaShokhan brings down this halacha, the Aruch HaShokhan says, they never heard of such a thing. People marry off the daughter when they're tani? Never heard of such a thing. He says, the Gemara says, it's us there. He doesn't understand how there is a, such a minute when it's Asr, and no one does it at, at all. Clearly, what went on, how could it be that the Gemara says the name of Rab that it's Asr, and we come to a period of time when it seems to be very commonplace, and then we come to a more modern age when it's not happening at all? Clearly, there's been an evolution and about an understanding of the propriety or the impropriety of marrying off a daughter when she's a Tana. 
So I'd like to, we've been discussing a lot, the Tashbates. We've been discussing the Tashbates in uh, our Sunday classes. So here's a chua from the Tashbates. The Tashbates write, Chilidalad, the Tashbates write, uh, on this question, that the Gemara says, also the other Shikadjit Bitikashik Tana, and the Rambam, and of course everybody else, the Torah and the, and the, um, etc., bring it down just as a mitzvah. They don't say it's also. Why not? Says the Tashbait, because it's for sure the case that it is not deemed to be a Isser. Even though Rav said it's also, the, the Lashon is Lavdafka, says the Tashbait. Why says the Tashbait is a Lush and Lavdafka? He says he wants to bring a proof from the Gemara in the end of Kedushan of Hayal from Maze. The Gemara tells us the Maestro there about Rab Achabar Abba, who's a father of Rab Chizna. Rab Chizna had interesting Maestro with his daughters, he had interesting Maestro with his wife. He has interesting Maestro there with his, with his father in law. His father comes to visit him and he picks up his granddaughter. So, so Rav Chizda says to him, you're picking up your granddaughter? How do you know that that's okay to do? Maybe she's married. And it will be inappropriate to do that. So, so Rav Achimah doesn't take the sitting down. He says, how would she be married? Then you violated the, the victim of Rav. Rav said, also, Lord, she just be the Says Rav Chizda, you are violating Shmuel's prohibition against holding, uh, you know, effectively appropriately a granddaughter who is married. And she says, no, I mean Micaiah. Rabbi Rabbi responds back and says, no, I mean Micaiah. The the other word of Rabbi that says, Akol, is mutter, if it's, if it's Hashem Shammai, if you're doing it appropriately, and in this case, I'm trying to make my daughter happy by playing with my granddaughter, so it's not an issue at all of picking her up. This is the back and forth, says the Tashbait. Clearly, what is being seen by clearly what is being seen by the by the Gemara is that Rebchizah doesn't agree that there's any problem with marrying off his daughter when she's a Kana. Period and full stop. So, as a result of Rebchizah, there was no problem. So the Tashbait wants to say. So how could he say there's no problem when Rav says author? It must be that Rav doesn't mean it's author. It means it's Lavdafka. It's not such a big deal. It's not ideal. It's not meant to be done in a normative way, but it's not huge of a deal. It's not like a massive prohibition. It's not ideal. One shouldn't be doing it. But but it's not that kind of high level of answer. This is the approach of the Taj Bates, and he brings a rise. This is from Tom, who was quoted in the Mordechai Tubis. That uh, Mordechai there quotes to Benu Thomas saying that in fact the halacha is not like rather there's some absolute ister because there's no absolute ister. Rather, what there is is a situation where one shouldn't be doing it, but if there is a necessity, if there's a need, etc., then one can do it. In other words, one could have said when. One looked at these two Gemaras. I can say it's a machlok. It's Rav and Rav Chizda. Rav Chizda felt differently. Rav Chizda said you couldn't marry off your daughter because she katana, and Rav said it's also. The Tashbait doesn't want to say that. Rather not make a machlok about it. Rather make it into a situation where they both agree. And the way the mills agree is you just say, simply say that Rav's Isser is lavdafka, 
Instead, what it is is it's not ideal. It's not ideal. This is the approach of the Taj Beit and bringing down the Rabbeinu, the Mordechai, quoting the Rabbeinu Tav. So, how do we go in terms of practical? Allah says the Taj Beit that it's Ma'is and Bechol that daughters who are Katanis are married, which tells us that in the lands of North Africa, by the Sephardim and by the Ashkenazim, like the Ramosas a couple hundred years later, this was very normal. This is very normative. It was really nothing so incredibly unique or 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 odd about that situation. And the Tashbites explains in the same way that you're allowed to take a make a shidduch on Tisha B'Av, so too, so too over here. It says the Jewish community was so poor, the Jewish community could not afford to sustain its women, to sustain its girls. So if somebody had a daughter, and the daughter had a shidduch, an idea for a shidduch, somebody was willing to marry the daughter, so you grab it, you take it, because you don't know if it's going to happen again. So you grab any shidduch idea that makes sense to you, you grab it even if the girl is very, very young, even if she's a tana. And based upon what the Tash Beit is saying, that that's what one would do in very difficult and dire straits. But if the Jewish community is doing well, then of course it's usher. Of course, then one wouldn't do that. So therefore, I think the way one should look at the Ramah and the Archashokan and the evolution of this is that when Rav was talking, it was Mamish Asr. Not Lav Tash Beit. It was Mamish Asr. When the Jewish community is materially well off, then it's absolutely usher to do. But if the Jewish community gets to a place of very difficult circumstances, if it gets to a place of challenging time, so then it becomes necessary to do it, and so one has to do it. But then you get to the times of the Arach and of course in today's day and age, when it's so much even more material comfort than wealth, that it becomes absolutely author for a father to marry off his daughter when she is a katana. So this takes care of the of the relation to the the halacha, the practical halacha aspect over here. However, what do we do with our parsha? What do we do with the fact that Islamic scholars are wanting to bring a raya to the fact that Muhammad could marry and could consummate a marriage with a katana? From Yitzchak marrying Rivka, he made it. So the first thing to bring down is the Taisus and Yivamis on Tamachala from a base. Taisus says over there that we have a Machlokes in Midrashim. We have a Machlokes in the in the in the Midrashic understanding of this verse. Just because Rashi quoted one marriage of three years old doesn't mean that's the only marriage. Doesn't mean that's the only opinion of Chazal. In fact, the earliest Chazal. Taisus is quoting a Sefrei that he's using a Shmuel of Spare to bring it down. And the Sefrei says, the Sefrei is comparing the life of Gahas to the life of Rivka. They each lived 133 years. I'll spare you the math, but it turns out that Rivka will be 14 years old. So you have a marriage that says, a Taniatic marriage that says that Rivka was 14 years old at the time when she had Chasan and Gahas. And but that very Gemara there in your vomit, you see a third opinion. Why? Because in that Gemara over there, the Gemara is discussing the Karangal. Although we know the Karangal has to marry Basul. The Pasuk tells us, who? Isha Bivsulao Yikach. So what does it mean, Isha Bivsulao Yikach? How old does the girl have to be? So the Gemara says she has to be between 12 and 12 and a half. She has to be a Naira. 
she has to be between 12 and 12 and a half and Naira. So what's the Raya? That the Sula is a reference to a Naira? The Gemara says the Raya is from a Pasuk in last week's Sadra and Pasha's Kayasar. The Pasuk says that the Naira, if I say I'm right, Besula of Ishla Yada, right? She was a Besula, she was a Naira. The, the Torah is calling her Naira, Besula, and Aina, and Alma. Many different terms is, is used. Appellations are used to discuss Rivka, but it puts in the same Pasuk, a Besula and a Naira. So that shows you that a Besula is a Naira. It means 12 to 12 and a half years old. And therefore, that, since that is the Pasuk in Parish I started discussing Rivka, that means she was between 12 and 12 and a half. Which then means that we have three different understandings in the Chazal as to how old Rivka was. So the first answer to the question is, Pasha, you're bringing down a Medrash. I have other Medrash that say differently. So who's to say which Medrash is 100%? It could be she was 12. It could be between 12 and 12 and a half. It could be she was 14. Certainly all young for today's day and age. But remember, in those days when the life cycle was certainly nowhere near as long as it is today, in terms of... Uh, uh, I shouldn't say for, for everybody. The men obviously lived long, but many women presumably died, died in childbirth. They would then live that long. You have to mature very fast. You have to certainly mature faster than they do today, or people can live more pampered and, and material lives were of comfort. So it makes sense how you can understand um, the the situation on a majestic level, that in fact Yitzhak did not marry a three-year-old. He married a girl as a 12-year-old or, or a 14-year-old. That's one possible way to answer the the question. The second way I'd like to suggest is as a matter of Parsha Pshat, the Torah calls Rivka, as I mentioned, a Naira, a Besula, an Alma, an Aina, calls them many, many different appellations, which in and of itself should tell you to us that none of them are telling us that she was a kid, that she was a baby. They're telling us she was a young woman, a young maiden, but not that she was a baby. Not one of those appellations means that she was a baby of somebody of three years of age, number one. Number two, look at what she did. She had to bring enough water up, right, which itself is difficult, to feed ten camels. Ten camels, I don't know how much camels drink, but I, I imagine it's not uh, it's not an easy task. And to feed and to, uh, and to give, you know, uh, to drink to all these, to all of these, um, Men, that was Avram's Eved. That's a lot of work. Just doesn't seem capable within a young girl of three years of age. It seems impossible to imagine that this is what, in fact, took place. Let alone the fact that they were miyayits with her and asked her opinion. She was clearly regarded as a person who has opinions. And they consulted with her as to what... Um, what should be done? In fact, imagine what three-year-old when she falls off the tippo malagama when she sees when she sees Yitzchak, and then she covers herself up. It sounds like a very mature kind of a girl. Does not sound like somebody who is at the age of three. So I think just as a matter of partial shot, there's no way that one should take the medish, despite the fact that it's being brought down by Rashi, as to be understood in a literalist fashion just flies in the face of what any normative uh, three-year-old be capable and able to do. Unless, of course, you want to posit that there was a Shini Ateva. If you want to posit there's a Shini Ateva, then that opens up a whole slew of other issues, which, you know, again, 
it's not for right now, but but one can avoid that if one doesn't say that she's three. If one says that she's three and she can do all of this and have this kind of maturity and blah, 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 then in effect, you're opening up the she needs to have an argument, which, again, is a, is a can of worms for another time. Another possibility, uh, the fourth thing I would like to discuss is that perhaps Yaakov, sorry, perhaps Yitzhakavinu didn't consummate the marriage right away. Perhaps he waited, perhaps waited. I'm not sure I say this, but Derek Amsher, which is, again, this is an answer that the Islamic scholars also give for uh, for Muhammad, but we have a Gemara later on in the Obama the Gemara wants to bring a rabbi there. The question is, in relation to a uh, situation where uh, a person is married for 10 years, if he's married for 10 years, doesn't have children, what is meant to do is to divorce his wife and then move on. A married person should be able to have children. It's 10 years. Why don't we learn out from Yitzhavinu that it's really 20 years? Because the positive of Yitzhavinu that he was 60 years. So that means he waited for 20 years until he had children. So that means you don't wait for 10 years, you wait for 20. So the Imam wants to bring a ride from Yitzhavinu that it's not 10 years. It's 20 years before, you, before you're supposed to get divorced. On this, the, on this, the, um, the Gemara slugs it up. I think Amara says, no, it's not a raya. It's not a raya. That is 20 years. Why not? Because Yitzhak was like a, an ochre. He was unable to have children for 10 years. And therefore, as a result of his not being able to have children for 10 years, you cannot bring a raya that he waited for 20 years without having children because for 10 years he was the one who was having a problem. This is the approach of the Gemara. But what I'm wondering is, why not just simply say, that Yitzchak didn't consummate the marriage. Why do you have to go posit that he's an agar, which just sounds pretty far-fetched. They're going to say Yitzchak is an agar, because we, 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 uh, we would have an easier time of it. Say Rivka was three years old. She didn't do Nesuit until she was, until she was uh, ten years later. Ah, you're going to say that, but the posit says, that if he else, or you might. Okay, so you 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 dash that away to say it doesn't mean literal, or or maybe that tossing is taking place later on. Either way, why didn't the Gemara suggest that? So to me, perhaps this answer of trying to say that Yisro delayed the Nesuin for ten years, and therefore that would be that Araya that that you one should wait for twenty years until one gets divorced. One should only wait for ten. Uh, the Gemara doesn't suggest this as Araya. Perhaps because this is not what happened, right? There was no delay in the consummation. So therefore, there was no delay in the consummation. So then this whole um, this whole uh, answer would go out the water. One wouldn't be able to suggest it. But of course, the last thing to to uh, point out is just as a matter of pasuk shot, there's no indication that Yitzchak was in fact. Um, 37 years old when that Akeda happened. There's no indication, as Ibn Ezra points out, he could have been he was 5, could have been he was 12 or 13. It's not clear how old he was at the Akeda. And we have no idea how old Rivka was when she got married. We don't know how old she was when she died. One of the riots 
that I neglected to mention, and I should have mentioned it earlier, is that the public says that with they they sell they so this maybe would be a riot that she died. I'm sorry that she that she was very young that she was a baby because she had a nursemaid. The problem, I don't think that's a riot, is because also so we said Rivka passed away. We never said that Rivka actually died. We said that that's meant to be telling you that Rivka actually died. But Thomas Shemineks are one topic for another time. But if we're saying that the Minekes Rivka passed away, that means that the Minekes and Rivka stayed with her the whole time. So well, she didn't need a nursemaid she was an older lady. right? So why does she still have a nursemaid? So it's sort of like Minekes must be um, even though it's used in the beginning of Parsha Shemites as literally a nursemaid, it must be also be able to be somebody who's going to have a close relationship with the person that they were taking care of for a whole life. So it could be this main neckhead was like somebody who stayed with her for an entire lifetime, even though, of course, she was not nursing Rivka. Perhaps therefore, when she came with her, also is not a proof that Rivka was three years old. So again, the same way Yisrael was not 37. As a matter of fact, we don't know how old he was at all. And the same way we have no idea how old Rivka was at all. The fact that Rashi says that we should make an assumption that something happened, there was a big nice that happened, what was the nice that Rivka was born. As a matter of fact, it could very well be that now he found out that Rivka had been born. Maybe he didn't know about the family. Maybe, in fact, that cut off ties with the family when he went there to Israel. Even though Tarek was alive, maybe he hadn't really spoken to him. Maybe he didn't know about much of this. Maybe it was all new to him. It's not clear to me. It's certainly not clear as a matter of shot how old Rivka was. So, therefore, what we can come out with is that when we are seeing the problem of Aisha, that they want to bring a raya, that they want to bring a raya from they want to bring a riot from Yitzhak, Avinu, that to their to their prophet having married somebody at such a young age. I don't see any riot at all. Yashikarach and have a good challenge.